When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A skeleton squad. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of this season's Real Football Cast. As always, I'm your host Dan Tracy and in the next 60 minutes we'll be dissecting all the hot topics in football. Well I say we, it's just me this week, so as per usual... I'll be discussing what's been going on in the Premier League over the past few days. While in addition to that, there are also some off-pitch activities that have caught my eye and they'll be getting our attention, or my attention shall I say, in about an hour or so. It's been another incredible week of football and as you now know, it's one up top. That means leading the line is me, I'm wearing the captain's armband and I've been fine since I last spoke. As I say, we are down to a skeleton squad this week, but fear not, the show does go on. Before the show does go on, let's do the social media bits, or I'll do the social media bits, otherwise I'll be talking into the abyss once more. So first, if you want to get in touch with me, you can, that's on Twitter, at Dan Tracy, nice Also, the podcast has its own account, which is at Real Football Pod, and if you want to become a shareholder, all you need to do is follow and join our very elite members club. Talking of clubs, I'm delighted to announce we're now part of the UK's first ever sports podcast network, that being Sports Social, so check out the URL and all the links posted throughout the week on the Real Football Pod account. You can find me via iTunes by searching for Real Football Cast. If you use that platform, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode, and if you like us, leave a review so we move up the league table. Also, I need to mention my content partner, that being betting.com. For all the tips and predictions you'll ever need, visit that website and... For all the links, there's 10 of them, go to linktree slash realfootballcast, but adopting the R and the E, it's never been easier to listen to this show. Right, it's time to go live. Where should we go first? Let's go to the bottom of the Premier League table, and there have been all manner of issues unfolding these past few days. It looks like the battle to avoid 18th is now a three-horse race, and suddenly Leeds are in the biggest danger of all. Because with Jesse Marsh taking the reins at Ellen Road, it seems as if Leeds had pulled themselves away from any relegation scrap this season. And the decision to get rid of Marcelo Bielsa was looking more and more justified by the week. However, although their results have been, shall we say, good, perhaps decent as of late, they've tailed off ever so slightly in the last couple of weeks. And in that aspect, Burnley and Everton have been better. And all of a sudden... What was a two-horse race between Everton and Burnley has now become three. And another thing to consider for Leeds is the fact that they have conceded an eye-watering 72 goals this season at the time of recording. That's more than two per game on average, which I know is not Jesse Marsh's fault completely. He has inherited a huge mess in terms of goals conceded. But you do worry if that figure alone is going to be their true undoing, especially when we consider goal difference and the cliche of it being an extra point and all of this, you do now start to worry about Leeds, especially also with the fixtures they've got coming up. Arsenal at the weekend. Chelsea, well, I mean, that might actually be one they win. However, it is still Chelsea. It's not looking good for the Yorkshire men. It's looking better, though, for the likes of Everton and Burnley, which we'll get to in a moment. But also, I guess with Leeds, maybe a bit of naivety in the fact that Matthew mentioned last week, quite rightly, that Everton 
were very much damage limitation at Liverpool the weekend before. They almost kind of played just to get nil. They didn't get nil, they got minus two. But in the grand scheme of things, that's not too bad either. It could have been a lot more messy. For Leeds, it really was quite messy at the weekend where they conceded four to Man City. And again, that goes back to the point about goal difference. So it's going to be, well, it's going to be a tight end to the season for all three. I guess it gives us something as neutral to latch onto. It's one of the best Premier League seasons we've had in a while, a genuine title race. Top four is not sold by any stretch of the imagination. The relegation battle also. So it is shaping up quite nicely. But however, for Norwich, it's not shaping up at all. They are down, relegated on Saturday. The inevitable, really. A case of when rather than if. It's all been coming to this point. I think almost an acceptance that they are planning for next season. There's no shame in that. But you kind of ask yourself, when are Norwich going to get out of this yo-yo that they're in, you know, obviously if they go up next season, then the next season and back down, you kind of think, is this going to be them forever? I don't know, Matthew has rightly also said that they are a top 26 club and that's all they aim to be. Well, I guess if that is the, the business model, they're hitting that perfectly. Now though, Dean Smith has to get them out of the championship at the first time of asking and with any manager who gets given the, the credit to start the next season, the pressure is there. It's a case of, okay, well, Yes, you oversaw relegation. Let's not worry about that too much because our end game is to be back up. So as long as you can deliver that bit, you're fine. However, if you don't, let's say, I don't know, October, November, and Norwich are 6th or 7th, he might be for the cup. But as I say, Norwich, they've had fleeting glimpses of, oh, do you know what? Maybe this could be the start of something. They've all got to win there, but they never built on it. It's just been results in isolation, very few of them, but they've never really got momentum going. It's been, even the win against Burnley recently, they didn't build on that. It's just been so few and far between that although a club has to finish bottom, I guess it rightly has been Norwich this season. While for maximum drama, you cannot go any further than Vicarage Road as Watford recorded an 11th successive home defeat. And although they're not mathematically done just yet, they are as good as done. Of course, on Saturday, they did have some fortune when James Tarkovsky nudged the ball into his own net. And although it would have been easy for Burnley heads to drop, they just kept going and going, even when equalising on the 83rd minute. Because at that point, Mike Jackson would have had some right, shall we say, to think, do you know what? A point is a decent result here. But with the jeopardy at the bottom, I guess a point is no real favour. All three is required and all three is what they got. And they rolled the dice, they gambled, any other betting cliche you want, but they came up trumps. What a win that could be in the race for relegation or the quest to avoid the drop, shall we say, because at that point, it hands the advantage over to Burnley massively. Five points clear of Everton, as Everton played on the Sunday. Of course, the caveat there is that Everton would have two games in hand. Now, though, fast forward to Tuesday afternoon when we record, it's two points behind with a game in hand because... You could have quite easily seen a psychological blow for Everton in the instance of thinking, oh God, we've got Chelsea. You know, I know Chelsea is blowing hot and cold. They're a bit of a tribute act at the moment at the best of times, but they are still capable of getting results, as I mentioned earlier. You know, if they want to put a team to the sword, they can. And Southampton knew about this last month. But though, I mean, Everton have just kept it in their hands. And it's this kind of level of added drama and extra impetus from Everton and Burnley, which has pulled Leeds even closer in. I mean, you look at Jordan Pickford, that's going to have to be the save of the season easily. Not even, well, I guess, the save of the season, yes, but it's going to be the save that defines Everton's season. That makes more sense, yes, because when you 
are doing heroics like that, you've got a Goodison Park which is onside because when Goodison Park turns nasty and it gets on top of your own players, that's when Everton can really wilt. But they've stood up at home. Was it 10 points from 12 now? Fantastic run of form. I know their away form is awful. However, they're doing just enough at home. I know they're kind of still in the bottom three, but they are in with a chance. It's in their own hands. And at the moment, I think it might be Leeds who go down because I just feel that momentum is key. Burnley have got it in spades. Everton are finding enough of it. Leeds have got none of it really, or at least not enough. And I just feel that with trajectories being as they are, fast forward, what, three weeks from now, and we could be talking about a Leeds relegation on the final episode of this season. Let's go to the title race now, and it's a case of as you were at the top. By Saturday lunchtime, the pendulum had swung into Liverpool's favour. Although changes were run beforehand, the Reds once again lost nothing in the way of their stride. Now, I looked at those lineups, and I thought, oh, do you know what? Newcastle, a double chance here that being a, a draw or a home win if you're not au fait with betting terminology. I thought that and the fact that they had won their last six at home, I thought, you know what, this is where the apple cart is upset and all of that. I thought that Newcastle would get something and just blow the title race wide open. They didn't They didn't really turn up, if we're honest. You know, Martin Dubravka made a string of decent saves, good saves, to be fair to him, that kept the score 1-0. But, yeah, it was, it was blunt from Newcastle. But at the same time, Newcastle are disappointed by that performance, which is a measure of where they've come from, what, where are we, December, May, five months. It's amazing how the turnaround has happened under Eddie Howe, something we've referenced many times on the show before, but it just, you get the feeling that they felt they might have been able to lay a glove on you, on uh, Liverpool, shall I say, but unfortunately that wasn't the case, and Liverpool march on. Marching on, though, it's exactly what Man City did, because they, they knew, going into Saturday's evening game against Leeds, that nothing less than a win would do, and they had the perfect answer just a few hours later. It's quite a scrappy game, I thought, certainly at the start, and I think that referee Paul Tierney should have perhaps just set a better tempo, maybe just, I don't know, trying to take the sting out of the game early. If it needed a card, so be it. But the blood and thunder approach, which was just getting more and more apparent and riling the Leeds fans up, then obviously converted back to the Leeds players. Stuart Dallas goes in with a, shall we say, not a reckless tackle, needless tackle, but he's needlessly injured himself now, going to be out for the rest of the season, which is another blow for Leeds. Now, obviously, Paul Tierney can't be responsible for what Stuart Dallas has done, but as I say, if you kind of port back to the real start of the game, if he just managed to take the sting out of it, impose himself a bit more, and just not let it be so robust to start with, I don't think that Stuart Dallas then injures himself, but I guess, you know, that's where we are in football, and that's where Leeds are at the moment. And really, with Man City and Liverpool being as they are, I asked the question last week whether drop points could be the order of the day. And to be honest, well, you know, 12 from 12 for both teams, they could just as easily do that. You know, they've done it in the past before. As I say, 2019, they just rolled over everyone. They just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. But Man City edged out by a point. Will history repeat itself in 2022? It's looking that way. And if that's to be the case... It's bad news for Spurs in the race for a top four place because they've got to now work out how not to be five points behind Arsenal when the North London derby comes about. It's two at the moment. However, Arsenal play host to Leeds on Sunday. Tottenham travel to Liverpool this Saturday. And, you know, even the most ardent Tottenham fan, which I don't think I could consider myself, I, I am known for my pessimism, but I'm just, even if I was trying to do reverse psychology, and I'm sure, Carl, if you're listening, you'd be the same, that, yes, we went to Man City and got what was a surprise win, if we're brutally honest, could likely strike twice and another title rival is, not a title rival, I wish, a title challenger, shall I say, is 
knocked off their perch. I mean, I'd love it to happen, but the fear is that five points is the margin. The other fear is that Arsenal then get something and manage to qualify for the Champions League at our home turf. You just think, oh no, it's the last we want. They've already won two league titles there. It's the, we don't want this as another trophy, in inverted commas. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's worry about the weekend. I think the simplest route or the cleanest direction of travel here is that Leeds somehow wake up from the weekend's mauling at Manchester City or at the hands of Manchester City and then think to themselves, right, we need we need to find a result here. We're in the mire. You know, we've been dragged in. We're in this relegation battle. There's no doubt about that. How do we get our way out of it winning football matches? Who's up next? Arsenal. Now, Tottenham play before Leeds and Arsenal on Sunday. If Tottenham could win, you know, that's a point ahead of Arsenal, pressure back there, but I think it's all important, just don't let the margin go to five, because if it goes to five, it takes the sting out of the North London derby, Sky will be disappointed, because it's not quite the do or die scenario that they've been drumming up for a good few weeks now, they purposely rescheduled it for that following Thursday over the weekend, so it's all shaped up for this, but regardless of what Sky think, it's all about what Tottenham want to get out of this, and they can't let the gap go to five, but you have to argue, regardless of the gap being two, five, whatever, has the damage already been done after scoring no goals between the two matches with Brighton and Brentford, no shots on target. I know they were much better at the weekend, but has the horse already bolted? There is a nagging fear that I think it has. Arsenal had the perfect response on Sunday as they got the better of West Ham, and with that, they go back to fourth place in the Premier League table. A gritty win for the Gunners, shall we say. The big question is whether Jared Bowen should have been given a yellow card for avoiding Aaron Ramsdale's challenge outside the box. Now, when you look at that, I guess you have to ask yourself, has Bowen made a genuine attempt to con the referee? I don't think he has. I think that he's literally avoiding Ramsdale because he doesn't want to get clattered. And with that, he might get a serious injury. We don't know that part, but I think we can look at that and say there's no real deceit. I don't think that Bowen has attempted to con Mike Dean. I just think that's a poor decision from Mike Dean. And I just feel that it should have been just a simple case of there's no collision, but... That's it. You know, the ball goes out of play. It is what it is. I think it's harsh on Bowen. If Ramsdale makes the contact with Bowen, does he get sent off? You know, there's another multitude of factors to consider here. I just feel that it's the wrong decision. But Arsenal won't care too much because, as I say, a gritty win, showing some backbone, a third straight win in the Premier League, just at the right time. Three straight defeats have been nullified by three wins. It's coming all good for the Gunners. And as I say, the fixtures are pretty much in their favour. I think they've just got to get the better of Leeds and I think they are almost there and as much as that pains me to say it Tottenham have shot themselves in the foot which is the same you could say about Manchester United really because yes they made light work of Brentford on Monday nights but there's two questions here why are United turning on the this kind of dalliance and the delight when they are no longer under pressure it's kind of like well that's great you know you can beat Brentford but where was this result two three weeks ago you know it's no good really even against Arsenal they didn't turn up they were dreadful against Liverpool just not good enough, really. And also, it begs the question, why didn't Cristiano Ronaldo take the penalty against Arsenal the weekend before? Maybe that was a counterpoint of Fernandez missed and Ronaldo's back on penalty duty. But you're kind of asking yourself, well, at 2-1, Ronaldo takes the penalty kick, it's 2 all. The top four races blow wide open. You know, it's even still puts Man United back in the race. A poor decision from Ralph Ranić, perhaps, when he's deciding penalty takers. He said he's not enjoyed his interim Rain at Old Trafford. I don't think really the fans have. They just want to get this season over and done with. Top six looks just about right for United. West Ham have got both eyes on that Europa League semi-final on Thursday. 
Wolves, any bid for Europe has come to a scuddering halt over the past few weeks, and especially after a 3-0 win for Brighton at the weekend, as they themselves increased their chances to finish in the top 10. Well, that's the rivalry that Max was mentioning last week between Brighton and Palace, and Palace not done yet either, as the Eagles got the better of Southampton at the weekend. A last-minute Wilf Sahar goal, giving Patrick Vieira's men another league win, one that they haven't had in a while, and also one that's given them hopes of a top-10 finish, so it's not over there yet. And to be honest, I think that's the podcast over, because I've only really got notes. I could go on, but it's just one of those weeks, so... It's not the, the norm, but it is a show. It's keeping those shareholders happy. That's the main thing. And I just need to do the admin, which I guess is as simple as thanking me. Right, cheers, guys, and also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is The Real Football Cast. And until next time, goodbye. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.